Michelle Constant on SAFM. It's 10 to 8, you are with uh, the JSB on a Saturday. Now, there is a Stellenbosch University emeritus professor who has called for sweeping reforms, suggesting that government should cover burnout leave and also that um, the ability to ignore a WhatsApp should also be a legal right, which uh, would then mean that your burnout may perhaps be lessened. On the line is Karen Kalitz. Uh, she is a Stellenbosch professor, and uh, she has some thoughts around how we look at the issue of burnout and it in relation to our legal rights as well. Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Michelle. Karen, let's um, go to, first of all, very briefly, because this is not really a health um, issue that you're taking on, but when we talk about burnout, what are we saying? Well, the World Health Organization has defined uh, burnout as um, a mental disease uh, that has not been managed um, satisfactorily, and they define it in terms of uh, three dimensions, namely exhaustion, uh, utter exhaustion, I should say, and then the second dimension is detachment or cynicism or indifference. And the third one is inefficiency at the workplace. And the fourth has been added to people who suffer from burnout, and that is cognitive impairment. Um, so if a person suffers from those, uh, we can also call it symptoms, then you can say that that person suffers from Burnout and it has a profound impact on the workplace because of absenteeism, because of um, reduced productivity. It also has an impact on, I gather that you've talked about that, the health of the employee mm. and also the family of the employee and, and colleagues because colleagues have to work harder when someone is ill. And um, also, um, they can also burn out, then it has a domino effect. So it's very serious, um, and it is reaching epidemic proportions in workplaces across the world. So it's necessary to talk about it, and I'm happy to hear that you have already talked about it. Prof, you, you, you are suggesting that government should cover burnout leave. Now, I, I think that the idea of having burnout leave is is an incredibly smart one. I'm wondering, though, why it should be government who covers it and not, um, for example, if I work for a corporate, why they shouldn't cover it? Well, if we say government should cover it, we really mean that the um, Compensation for Injuries and Diseases Act yes. should cover it. Huh. And that's the, the Workman's Compensation Act, as we just um uh, previously called it. Yes. So that means that employers contribute to that um, uh, compensation fund. Yeah. And whenever employees are ill, they can, uh, they are disabled. They must be disabled. It means that they cannot work anymore for a period or yeah. permanently. Then they can claim from that fund. So it's not really government. It's government administrated. But it's it's really employers who pay for this. It's a kind of insurance um, that they pay each month. Okay, I get it. You know, I'm I'm interested as well in what you're saying about um, 
the ability to ignore WhatsApp and that it should be a legal right. And if I'm not mistaken, I stand to be corrected on this, there is a country that has actually said that after a certain time, it would be five o'clock or whatever, you do not have to respond to your WhatsApps or your messages. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, you're quite correct there. Uh, and Bern, um, the right, it's called the right to disconnect. And that should be seen in the bigger context of uh, burnout, which is caused by uh, long work hours, inter alia. Mm. So um, it, it has been shown that studies um, done uh, on this, that people who work more than 50 hours a week uh, were at hazard, um, at 35% uh, chance of suffering from ischemic heart disease or ischemic um, strokes, etc. Um, and then there's also the work-life balance. If that balance is skewed, of course, then you are candidates for, for burnout. So this started, uh, the right to disconnect started in France when in 2002 an employee refused to take files home to work on them, the employer dismissed him. He went to court and the court agreed with the employee that he has no duty to do that. Yeah. So uh, France was the first country to adopt um, legislation on the right to disconnect. And then legislation was to the effect that employers had to sit down with employees and the trade unions and devise a specific a right to disconnect for each workplace because yeah. not all workplaces have the same hours. Um, and and also you, could be, now. you could be a key employee as well um, with regards to, uh, I'm thinking about someone who works in a hospital or something like that. Yes, certainly. So there can be different hours. So that's why each workplace must um, uh, establish uh, rules of um, regarding the right to disconnect. So this has spread to... Uh, uh, Belgium to Netherlands to many of the European Union countries, they have uh, adopted this. And um, the Germans, uh, companies like BMW and Volkswagen, they've installed a certain um, software programs yeah. to ensure that work-related emails and work-related calls won't go out after working <laughs> hours. So yes, Brilliant. that's quite clever. You know, I mean, I, the, the, we do have a right to disconnect. And I think that part of it is this idea. I mean, we were talking last week about um, quiet quitting and also presenteeism. At what point mm. are you able to say, you know what, this goes way beyond the call of duty. I do not need to be getting a WhatsApp from someone at nine o'clock saying, please do this and this and this when I'm spending time with my family, etc. Do you think that this is something that um, our government could consider? I, what I think and I would suggest is that a, a code should be adopted. Yeah. Uh, code to of conduct, just, yeah. Yes, a code of a good conduct, you're right, should be adopted so that people can know what, what is burnout, what are the symptoms of burnout, because I think people talk about burnout, but they don't really know what it is. And it's specifically work-related. If you have the same kind of symptoms and it's not work-related because uh, you, you went through a divorce or something like that, family problems, and it's not burnout. So burnout should be seen as a distinguishable disease and especially work-related. So yes, um, a code uh, 
setting out the symptoms of burnout, how it can be prevented, and just requiring employers to have their own code on psychosocial safety because that's a buzzword these days. Yeah. Previously, we were bent on physical safety. Yeah. These days, it has changed now because more people suffer from mental illnesses than physical injuries in the workplace. So um, this um, code could um, require employers to do a risk assessment of what is what are the risks, what what's going on in my workplace that could lead to burnout, such as uh, tight deadlines, um, high workload, um, long hours, etc. And also bullying and sexual harassment that can also contribute to um, to burnout. Yeah. You know, I just want to ask you very briefly, we're going to have to close off literally in two minutes, but you, you talk about burnout within the office or work context. And I'm wondering, is it that easy to simplify it down to that? So if I think of like all South Africans right now, we're hearing their anger. We're hearing the fact that they have no water. Some people have had no water for months, for weeks and then months. Some people have no power. Their businesses are shutting down because they have no power. And then you start to go, you know, oh, South Africans are so resilient, which I think is, is I mean, I think that's so unfair to like keep labeling them as resilient. Mm. But how do you define that this is just work burnout or actually this is just South Africa right now burnout? Yes, I think when we talk about um, mental illness, depression, anxiety and so on, and it's not work-related. One shouldn't talk about burnout because burnout is employment-specific. Okay. Um, yes, so, yes, okay. So burnout is employment-specific. We do know that there is um, a conversation also. You've, you've suggested that um, the basic conditions of employment should be um, 40 hours as opposed to 45 hours. And I understand that the OECD has in fact said that uh, we have one of the worst um, cases of uh, work-life balance. Is that correct? That's correct, because South Africans work amongst the um, most hours per, per, um, per week, and that's 50 hours. And more than 50 hours is very dangerous. You can yeah. burn out and yes, get all these um, heart attacks and um, strokes, physical yeah. illnesses as well. Quickly, who's the company that have decided to go for a four-day week in South Africa? Um, I don't really know, Michelle. Okay, I'll, we'll look it up and we'll try and find out. It seems interesting. Mm. I've noticed it uh, in the media. Prof. Karen Kallett's excellent conversation, Stellenbosch University Emeritus Professor, looking at the legal issues around burnout in the workspace.